Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. Hello there. We have a special episode for you all today. We are sharing our recording of Tarot Tuesday, which happens the first Tuesday of every month on Patreon. So if this is the first Tuesday, we have a Tarot Tuesday tonight. This is a recording with Eric, who is the creator of Ink Witch Tarot. Eric is a 2D artist living in Norman, Oklahoma. He works in the Oklahoma City area, both as an independent artist and a member of art group OKC. He graduated from the University of Oklahoma in 2016 and has exhibited at the Fred Jones Jr. Museum of Art and the IAO Art Gallery, as well as several non-traditional venues, including the Bigfoot Creative Print Shop and the offices of Skyline Ink Illustrations. We get to play with the Inkwitch Tarot, talk to Eric about his inspiration, where he gets all these beautiful ideas and his techniques. And then he also is sharing a new deck that he's currently in the process of making, which I'm so excited about. And then we also get to have fun and we play. So we pull cards for everybody that is on the call. Everyone gets to ask a question and we pull cards to get um, some insight from both Eric and myself. And you're all welcome to join us for the next Tarot Tuesday on Patreon, which is um, located at patreon.com forward slash bewitching. And um, you could join us there. If you are a tarot deck or an oracle deck creator and would love to join us on Tarot Tuesday to be featured, please let me know. I'd love to have you. You can send me an email at uh, rachellorraine at gmail.com. And that's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-A-R-R-A-I-N-E at gmail.com. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed having Eric join myself and my group on Patreon. Hello, I'm Rachel Lorraine Crawford, a creatrix of Sacred Space through holistic interior design and magic. Welcome to Bewitching the Home, where we discover new concepts, meet creatives, and conscious businesses that contribute to creating an enchanted home filled with mindfulness, intentional living, and well-being for us, our families, and Mother Earth, a home connected to our highest vibration that brings us balance, harmony, and a purposeful way of living. Alrighty, welcome, welcome to Bewitching the Home. We have a special episode today. Um, This is a recording from our Tarot Tuesday that happens every first Tuesday of the month. With my Patreon group, um, we have a tarot creator come on and we pull live cards and yeah, it's just a lot of fun. So we've got Eric from the Inkwitch Tarot deck on today with us. So we'll dig into the cards, what he's doing. And before we do that, we of course will set our stage. I'm just going to go ahead and ring our bell. Connecting us to the present moment. Being in our body, we will go ahead and light our candle. I, of course, have my Mithras ritual candle. I always recommend having a candle that you work with, um, you know, when pulling cards or just creating sacred space, just to have that as your reminder of going into a very liminal space here. Let's go ahead and light them. I love working with fire. It's just that beautiful, creative energy. Just calling in the spirits. 
for our best and highest good, any of our ancestors, spirit guides, and releasing anything that's dense or heavy. All right. Um, today I am drinking Nova Kombucha, of course, and it's the alcoholic one because we're in the evening. I'm having a little bit of fun here. So I've got the cactus fruit agave and jalapeno. I love anything that's spicy and um, citrusy and cactus. That sounds all amazing. I need all the probiotics I can get. So Eric, what are you, what are you drinking over there? I am just drinking like this lavender chamomile tea since it's kind of late. Usually I drink tea for caffeine, mm-hmm. but since it's kind of late, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I'd do that instead so that I'm not up until four in the morning. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that sounds so good. Chamomile lavender. Um, okay. So I'm going to go ahead. Let's pull, let's, uh, let's pull our card just for this session. Of course, we're going to be pulling cards later as well for everybody that's on our call here on Patreon. Let's just see what we got. I'm going to pull the card right set up. Cause that's just how I like to do it. And I have, did you only have, you have one edition of Ink Witch Tarot, right? Yes. Yeah, I need okay. them, some extra cards later, but it's not a separate edition. Got it. All right. So we got the first edition here. Yeah. Oh, Queen of Swords. Some Jonah Arc going on here. Yeah. <laughs> That's who that is. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Amazing. So just that beautiful leadership skill, um, connecting with her voice, connecting with activism, um, connecting with that that passion. And it, it's not just you know passion in the sense of that fire uh, element, but it's also passion with like the mind and like really moving forward with logic and strategy and being really smart about it. She's not. She's not after anything because, you know, she's over, over, um, come with anger or that kind of thing. I, I mean, there may be some of that, but what I'm seeing here is just this like really sharp focus, um, with the mind and really going after it in that, that sense. And you can, you can tell me, um, Eric, is there anything else that you kind of were, was channeling in when you created this card? No, I feel like that was. Perfect. Uh. <laughs> I, uh, I chose Joan of Arc just because I feel as much as Joan of Arc probably wouldn't really like to be represented on a tarot card, um, I feel like she's a really good uh, sort of model for like that Queen of Swords idea of just really fighting for what you believe in and knowing that what you are fighting for is is like very deep in your heart what you feel is right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, this is such a beautiful card. I'm going to keep it out just so that we have her energy hanging out with us here. So Eric, it's been a year since you've been on with us, but a lot of people were not with us at that time. So I would love to kind of go back a little bit and, you know, talk about where you are in the world. What does home mean for you? And then we'll, and then let's get into some of these cards. Sure. Um, So I am in Oklahoma, uh, geographically, that's uh, where I live. I live in like the Oklahoma City area. I've been living here for a long time. Um, home is always kind of like a weird word for me, I feel like, because um, I've moved around a little bit. Uh, I actually just moved into the apartment I live in now, <laughs> not that long ago. Um, so home, I feel like I find a lot more just kind of like who is around me and what's going on in my life, which has all been um, fortunately very nice lately. Um, like I said, I just moved into a new apartment. I have studio space that is its own space and not just like a corner of the room for the very first time in my life, which is excellent. So that has been fantastic. Um, it's helped me get a lot done lately. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can imagine you just have that separation of space. So being able to be super focused while you're in one space versus the other and versus like this mix of all things and then having to juggle. Exactly. Like when I was finishing my tarot deck, um, my workspace was literally a couple feet away from where I slept, which wound up being really unhealthy. I already have kind of a hard time falling asleep at night. And so sleeping in such a way where like I was looking literally just a few feet away at all of the work that still had to be done 
instead of sleeping, I would just stay up until, you know, five in the morning working on things. And anytime you're doing that, the work you're doing is not usually going to be your best work. So um, it wasn't a great situation. So it's kind of nice that my workspace is now like across the the building <laughs> from, <laughs> from where I'm sleeping. I think that that's a lot healthier for me. Ah, I love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that's so amazing. And and you know, I I talk about all the time, you know, with with spaces. And I know it's hard when those spaces are tiny, but when people want to put an office like in their bedroom, and I'm like, like let's let's <laughs> rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So okay, so this beautiful ink witch tarot deck. Tell us about the inspiration it came from. How you got sure. started? I'm just showing so, everyone your cards and how unbelievably gorgeous they are. It's kind of weird because when I started it, I didn't really plan on ever finishing it. I was doing an art challenge to just design um, the major arcana for just a fun art thing. I've always really liked tarot and been an artist for a really long time. And those things have a really nice intersection. And so I just wanted to design the major cards as kind of an art challenge for myself and then when I finished it, a bunch of people reached out to me like on Instagram and Facebook and were kind of like, where are the rest of these? Like, why did you stop posting these cards? Where, <laughs> when are you making the rest? And I kind of had this moment of like, oh, other people want this and I kind of want to make more of them. I was having a fun time. So about a year later, practically I did um, another art challenge where I kind of up. I worked on more of the cards and then I just stopped working on it until it was finished. <sighs> um, so it came kind of unexpectedly. Uh, I didn't ever plan on making a finished tarot deck, but I'm really glad that I did. And a lot of the artwork is inspired by um, mythology and folklore and fairy tales. There's also this modern element. I wanted to kind of inject this idea that there is magic in folklore and mythology and fairy tales, but there's also magic in just these kind of mundane things in your life, like going and getting coffee with a friend or, you know, driving to your home or your family, those <laughs> types of things. Um, just these kind of like normal everyday things. I wanted to sort of pinpoint that there's like a mystical quality to those. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. Oh, yeah. Here's the chariot. Yeah. Driving home with the cat on top. <laughs> is it drawing of my car? <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is. Uh, so good. Yeah. I love it. And and why did you choose this medium? Is this the medium that you like to work in at watercolor? It is. Yeah. I started it for um, like the very beginning of it was going to be for this art challenge that people do in October called October, where all of the for each day of October, they make a piece with ink. And they're usually kind of in black and white or grayscale color palettes. Um, but I like using ink and watercolor already. That's why I started doing that challenge in the first place. Um, so when I decided that I did want to make an entire full tarot deck, I wound up just sticking with that medium and that color palette because it's one that I really like and am comfortable with. Yeah. They're beautiful. And then the color palette, yes. Can you tell us a bit about the color palette? And yeah. Um, so like I said, uh, since it was all ink, a lot of the times just traditionally for that particular art challenge, people would use just like a black marker. Okay. Um, I wanted to do something a little bit more than that. So I used kind of a range of warm and cool grains that kind of read uh, the cool grays kind of have sort of like a blue tint to them. Mm -hmm. uh, the warm grays have kind of like a sepia, almost like a brown color to them. Uh, and then just to kind of make it a little bit more interesting, I added some, some really subtle, very occasional hints of color. Like the Empress card has a little bit of green in it. Mm -hmm. uh, Death has red in it. The color palette I felt like was also kind of helpful to just keep it cohesive because I feel like I sort of have a hard time keeping my my like technical style all matching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so having like a color palette that was going to be the same from one cut to the next sort of helped it all fit together in a way 
uh, that I was worried it wouldn't <laughs> if the colors weren't all the same. Right. No, I, I totally feel you. I feel like I do that when I like write stuff. I'll like start with cursive and then I start doing caps and it's like, oh my God, this is like a total mess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the color totally brings it all together for sure. Especially because you're going through different um, time frames. I mean, you've got like Joan of Arc here and then we've got, you know, coffee cups that are with plastic and straws and stuff. And it's like, these are totally two different, you know, time frames, but they work really well because of the color palette. Yeah, I felt like that, like just aside from the artwork, my my style tends to change from day to day sometimes. But since I wanted to kind of taking inspiration from a pretty weird and broad range of things, um, I felt like that was gonna be sort of a safe way to keep it from feeling like the cards were coming from a bunch of different tarot decks and just being meshed together. Yeah, no, it's really beautiful. And and the last time we spoke, you did not have a guidebook. And I, I noticed that you have created yeah. that. I have when I made the when I made the deck originally I was worried that no one was really going to like it except for me. Which is silly because people had specifically asked me to finish it. So I knew that every people out there would like it, but I was trying to keep costs really, really low just because I thought there was a very good chance. I, it was something that I would lose money producing, but I wanted to produce it anyway. I really wanted to have it. Um, but because I was trying to keep costs low, I didn't want it to print a guidebook for it at the time. And it follows like the Wade Smith style of the tarot deck um, pretty closely. All of the cards at least have the same names. So it's something that if you're familiar with tarot, you don't really need a guidebook for it anyway. If you're not familiar with tarot, then any guidebook that explains the way Smith cards will work for it. But once the deck did um, actually start showing up and people actually did care about it, and it wasn't just for me, a bunch of people really wanted a guidebook. Um, and I kind of say, well, you can use any guidebook. It's just the Wade Smith cards. Like any guidebook will work for it. And I, I was continuously getting people who were like, no, I want to know about your art choices specifically. Like, I know what the cards mean. I just want to know why you drew them. Uh. So, which that meant a lot. It was really, I was really flattered that anyone would care enough to <laughs> to want to know or to, to let me talk to them about my art, I guess. So I did end up making a guidebook. And I'm really glad that they did. It was nice to be able to share uh, my thoughts for each and every card the deck they all mean something special to me so um getting to write those down and we're interested in them felt very nice yeah absolutely people want to know like how this you know these things became what they are and why you chose you know the symbols that you took and yeah they're just gorgeous so the guidebook it's sold separately so if anyone that has the deck can purchase that yeah, it's sold separately if you want a hard copy of it, but I also put a downloadable PDF on my website that you can download for free. Um, whether you bought the deck or not, so it's something that's there if you are like thinking, if you were to, if somebody were to see pictures of the deck and think, oh, that sounds nice, but I don't know if it's for me, they could go and, and download that, and, you know, get a better sense of what all of the cards are, what they mean and why they look the way they do. <laughs> Yeah, what a cool offering. That's really neat that you're able to do that. I love that. Thank you for it. I'll have to check it out. I'm gonna, I definitely want to see what your take is like on all these cards because I've been playing with your deck and I've been pulling it on, on several of the episodes. And um, I just love getting the perspective of, you know, the artist, of, you know, what was going on or what you thought of when you were, you know, creating the cards and why you chose what you chose, which is, you know, always really really special. So I noticed that you're creating a Oracle deck. Is that right? Yeah, I'm working on an Oracle deck now that I'm really excited for. I had last year, I made a Lenormand deck and it kind of got me interested in Oracle cards. I didn't really know anything about Oracle cards at all until like a year ago. <laughs> it's very different <laughs> than how it went with tarot where I've been like casually reading tarot for myself and my friends for several years before yeah. I started making a deck but I kind of started learning about Oracle cards through the Lenormand deck and then um, learning more about them just because I wanted to make one. I got talking to another tarot person on Instagram named Denise Schmitz and uh, she was telling me about these things called Miriamas 
which are um, like a set of pictures that uh-huh. all can connect side by side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they form different panoramas. And they were just kind of like a novelty toy, um, like in the 19th century, I think. But she was talking about how it's weird that they've never really been made into a tarot oracle type of thing. And as I was learning about them and learning about oracle decks, I was like, that's something I really want to have and I really want to use. And as far as I could tell, it doesn't really exist out there in the world yet. There are some tarot and oracle decks I found that have maybe elements that will line up together. And there are definitely people using Rama cards for divination. Um, but I couldn't really find an oracle deck that was a Rama, And so I had to make one. Yeah. <laughs> in the process of making it now, um, which has been a lot of fun, but has a lot of technical elements to it that are very different from the tarot deck that I've already made. So I've kind of simultaneously been learning about Oracle decks and also how to make a Mirai work and then combining those things. It's been a weird but very fun process. Yeah, that's so amazing. Um, I absolutely love that. I can't. So what's the theme of the Oracle deck? What's what do you have happening there? I, I notice it's almost very fairy tale like. Yeah. So my idea for it came from I feel like a lot of the strength of the tarot deck is that it works in a very narrative way. You're doing spreads. If you're just pulling a card, it's maybe a little bit different. But when you're doing spreads, I kind of feel like it has this really narrative element to it where you're almost kind of telling, you're discovering a story. And so with this Oracle deck, that was something that I really wanted to be consciously aware of and mindful of intentionally using as I constructed the deck. So I kind of had broken the deck down into these categories of like events and characters and places. And then all of the cards have one or more of those things happening on them. So it does feel a lot like a fairy tale or like a King Arthur legend where you kind of have knights and sorcerers and (laughs) mountains all of these elements that um, are archetypes that we see in things like tarot already, um, just kind of being put into this narrative. So that hopefully when people use those cards, it will feel kind of like they are being told a story. Yeah, absolutely. I pulled this one because I feel like this has a lot of those feelings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and I remember even seeing this card and I think I may even mentioned it to you. It's like, I just want to go there. And it's like, <laughs> I feel like you've created like a whole world. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like that showed up a few times working on the tarot deck and I had, I had fun doing that kind of thing. So my goal for this Oracle deck is that every card will feel like a place you could go or maybe a place that you already have been before. Mm, I love it. I'm like really uh, wanting to know about this Oracle deck. Is there a certain card that you are really having fun with? Like what, um, what are you like digging right now? There's been a few that have been uh, particularly fun for me. Um, wanted, I'll show you guys. Um, I wanted to do a card that I've been calling the Herald. And my idea is that it to represent um, maybe announcements or arrivals, that kind of thing. It would just kind of have like this message of something incoming. And um, when I started working on it, I had been drawing a lot of people lately and was just kind of tired of drawing people. My original idea for the card was to do like somebody on horseback blowing a trumpet, but I was tired of drawing people and so just kind of on a weird whim, I decided uh, that I was going to draw a swan instead of a uh. herald. So I drew the uh. swan and I put a rainbow in the sky, which um, they're associated with the goddess Iris, who is like a messenger goddess. Um, same with the irises on the ground. Um, so I decided to draw the swan. I posted the picture online and a bunch of people told me that there uh, is a thing that like a type of swan called trumpeting swans, which I didn't even know about. 
when I started drawing it. So I was really happy that that was a thing because I was thinking like, I want to, I want to draw this one. It's going to be a swan, but people aren't going to know why they're going to wonder why it's a swan. And literally it's just because I wanted it to be. So I was kind of glad that there took out to be <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, yeah. It's a trumpeting swan. Of That's course. <laughs> and you went all along. <laughs> so that's been my favorite card to make so far, I think. That's so rad. I love that you have the actual watercolor there. So what is your process? Are you drawing everything by hand on paper? Yeah, so it's all done traditionally. I'm sure that some amount of digital editing will happen afterwards. Right. Uh, to make sure everything stays clean and formatted correctly. Um, but it's all done traditionally. I have of paper and I kind of trace out where the card goes. I made a little stencil for myself that's the right dimensions and it has marks on it for like where I need to make sure certain elements are going to line up so that all of the cards will form these cohesive panoramas. Um, so I just kind of send out all of those marks and I make sure that the edges are always filled in black so that like the edges of the card will be able to line up. Here's another one that I have so you can just kind of see side by side. Uh, uh, oh, wow. Uh, okay. Overlap into each other. So I kind of start by going from the outside edges inward as best as I can just to help make sure everything's lining up correctly. Yeah. So is this story linear? Is it going all the way? I suppose that's up to the people but the cards do line up linear. Um, I think you could maybe, I'm interested to see how people because I think you could do some cool things maybe by making different uh, sort of timelines out of uh, different, having multiple linear yeah. narratives. Ah, oh, super rad. I love it. And how long um, is it taking you to create each card? Or is it kind of just a very... Thin... It really varies from card to card. I've had some that I spent days and days on that finish them and I don't like them and I think okay I'm just gonna have to start over and try again and then I have others where I sit down with my idea and I finished it like a couple of hours and it's great and I'm done <laughs> and so um some of them are are like super easy others just take forever and I found that that was the same sort of situation that I had when I was doing the tarot deck, when I was doing the deck. And I yeah that's just kind of the nature of these things some are going to come to me really naturally your hands are going to be able to put the thoughts on the paper well the first time and other times it's just going to take you a million tries yeah. a couple days. <laughs> oh my gosh and then are you putting words on each one of those cards i think i'm just going to put a, like a title on each okay. card but i don't think i want to do i haven't made up my mind yet but i don't think i really want to do keywords on the cards I know a lot of Oracle decks do, and yeah. a lot of the Oracle decks that I use that I like do, but I think I want the deck to be used really intuitively, mm -hmm. and I really want it to be something that people can sort of sit down and imagine those narrative stories, like I was saying earlier, and not be too influenced by my words. Yeah. Each card kind of has some intention behind it and what I want the card to represent. But if somebody else looks at the image and gets something different, I would want them to go with their intuitive impression of the card versus my own influence that might be given to them if there were keywords on the card. Yeah. So my next question is, are you going to have a guidebook? There will definitely be a guidebook this time. <laughs> I think that with a deck like this, there has to be with a tarot deck, it felt like just kind of a nice addition to the deck. Yeah. Like, that since this is all just made up by myself and not something that has existed for a few hundred years, <laughs> I think that I will definitely have a guide with it. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so one of the questions I always ask is, um, is there a practice or, or what is your ritual with, you know, grounding and centering yourself? Or is there a practice that you're really enjoying right now that you would like to share with us? I don't think I have real specific, um, like rituals or meditations or anything that they do before I start working on my card. But I, it is very much my job as much as I enjoy it. I'm a full-time artist, that's what I do to pay the bills. And so I do have the rituals that are just like my work rituals. Like I often get up and I try not to start my day real suddenly or real 
completely. Mm-hmm. I'll make a cup of coffee, I'll eat breakfast, and then um, sit down and, uh, you know, answer the emails and, yeah. <laughs> and those kinds of things before I actually start um, working on artwork. And I think that that it has kind of become sort of ritualistic for me. I feel like it is weirdly grounding in a way to sort of ease it to the creation of yeah of that art every now and then though i do have those days where it's just like i'm um you know cleaning dishes and then suddenly i'm inspired and have to stop what i'm doing and, and run to the other room and start working on something um and that doesn't feel like a, a ritual or a practice but it does kind of feel like i'm suddenly getting something <laughs> yeah that's really cool i love it and so what what's next for you what's brewing what's what's happening um is it just really focusing on this oracle deck it started out as really focusing on the oracle deck i set out trying to finish that sometime this summer and that wasn't realistic it's not going to be finished this summer i'm hoping for fall now but yeah i i had set out with this plan that this was going to be like my project for the year um but learning about oracle decks gave me ideas for you know dozens of other oracle decks and um i eventually want to do another tarot deck that's more colorful than ink which um i really like ink which and i don't want to replace it in any yeah. kind of way but um i think it'd be fun to make something different it's still a tarot deck i really enjoy tarot it's my first love as far as this kind of thing goes um so <laughs> i am since starting the Oracle deck, come up with like five other projects oh that are just trying to keep on the back burner. The other day, um, my boyfriend just kind of casually uh, put this idea in my head. He said something about he had found a picture of a board game online that reminded him of my art style and said, you know, you'd probably be really good at making a board game. And then I immediately came up with ideas for board games. <laughs> oh my God. I make a board game. Now I feel like I have to be board games. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That sounds like a fantastic idea. I'm down for it. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a board game? Oh my God, it'd be so amazing. And how gorgeous would it be? <sighs> There's just not enough time in the day to do five Oracle decks in a board game. So I'm trying to pace myself. And, and I'll get there eventually. But I mean, priority right now is the deck. Amazing. I love it. And then, of course, we need to know how to get a hold of you. So, and it, all this will be in the show notes, but I would love for you to share in case anyone's just listening and not looking at those notes. Yeah. Um, so, I have a website. Um, it's ericmealy.com. My last name is spelled weird. It's M A I L L E, but ericmealy.com. Um, I post a lot of my art there. What I'd say, have completed projects. It's also got my store and links to. Um, a bunch of other stuff. My Instagram is uh, my last name backwards. And I'm on Instagram probably more than anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can always get a hold of you there. <laughs> like you're always, and you're always so sharp to get back. <laughs> I live on Instagram in an unfortunate capacity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Leslie says your cards are and your vision and light are so inspiring. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And Julie had mentioned that that castle card that it reminded her of Narnia. And you just got these other beautiful comments of gorgeous. I love it. So, yeah, it's so beautiful. All right, let's pull some cards. So if you have a question, you're welcome to unmute yourself and or put it in the chat. I'll put the chat up on my screen so that I can see who's commenting just put your question in or unmute yourself i just wanted to see if there were any messages um from my guides just um kind of open open-ended question tonight all right kelly oh got the five uh, what is this oh the eight of cups so this is moving this is moving forward this is moving beyond this is leveling up this is leaving stuff behind um that again i think we've probably pulled this card with you before of like it's like turning your back, leaving something behind that you might have been building. And, it, you know, at, at some point, sometimes we feel guilty because it's like we've put all this energy, we put all this work into this one thing. And now I'm turning my back on it. Now I'm going into another direction. Um, but whenever I see this card, I'm always thinking of you're leveling up. You're going towards something that's much more fulfilling. 
something that's going to fulfill you on a deeper level. A lot of times it's on a more spiritual level. Um, so don't feel bad about having to leave something behind and, and move forward. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Eric, do you have anything you want to add? I love that you said that card is like leveling up because I very much feel like that is a card of moving on and going to something new. But something that I always feel like I get from that card is that just because you're leaving things behind doesn't mean that they aren't something that's helping to push you forward. And that's exactly what leveling up is, is kind of letting go of this past. But um, in that process of letting it go, you don't have to just completely forget that it happened. It's still going to be one of the forces that's driving you. Yeah, totally. It's, it's so part of your journey. All right, we've got a question from Jennifer. Oh, sorry, Kelly. Oh, thank you. Just saying thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. All right, so we've got a question from Jennifer. She writes, what's coming up for me in the space of financial flow and abundance? Oh, you got the cups too. Lots of cups happening here. Three of cups. So um, what's coming in the space of financial flow and abundance? So these cups are sharing you know, this beautiful life force energy, this water. So I would say that what's coming to you is just this generosity from other people that are wanting to support you, people that are in your inner circle that want to see you succeed and they're pouring life and they're pulling, you know, pouring love and all these things into your cup. So what I would say is like really reach out to your support, reach out to the people that raise you up, the people that make you feel good, the people that really see the light that you have to bring because that's where you're going to get the inspiration. That's where you're going to get that energy to move forward and to just shine brighter. Yeah, that's beautiful. And Eric, you're welcome to chime in whenever you're, whenever you're feeling something. That was, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have you like on my side. Myself. All right. So follow iPhone number two. I'm not sure who that is. Someone is chiming in on their phone. Maybe it's Becky. Um, but let's see, uh, message from my spirit guides, getting ready for the next step with interviewing for my promotion. All right, let's see what we got for you. Um, next step with your interview. More cups. Oh, this is the six of cups. So for you, this is about, um, connecting with the, the pieces of you that I'm seeing just past experiences. So they're really looking for experience in this promotion or in this interview. They want to know what you've done in the past to propel yourself forward or to help others. They really want to hear about the past and the experiences that you are bringing to the table. So that's really going to connect you with them on this other level. They, they, I can already have, a, I already have a sense that they're really attracted to you and they really want to learn more with you. They want to get into a deeper relationship, but they also want to know, they just want to know more about you. I don't know if that makes sense. They're, they're really connecting with you on a, on a, on a, uh, I don't want to say personal level, but it is more of a personal, softer, um, energy for you. So I wouldn't be afraid to open up, maybe share some things that may be a little bit more vulnerable or, or sharing pieces of you that you normally might not share. I mean, don't, you know, over share, but there's pieces of you that they're really, I just keep hearing attracted to, if that makes sense. Six of Cups always has like a really um, kind of youthful, like playful, use the word vulnerability, which I think is really good um, to like, maybe you, you talked about sort of looking back at past experiences and a lot of the times with job interviews they want to know about your professional past experiences and this I feel like could be telling you to not be afraid of, of opening yourself up and talking about things from your personal life and your childhood and um, things that have happened to you outside of the professional world that still might be relevant and, and make you more available to them as a human being that, mm -hmm it's soulful and coming from the heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just love that you said that human aspect, the heart aspect for sure. And, and experiences, not just in the workplace. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, Jamie, yours is here. In regards to my human design chat earlier today, what is my main blockage to getting the thing I want? Did I say that right, Jamie? <laughs> okay. Uh, oh yeah, your main blockages to getting what you want. Okay, so what's blocking you? Oh, the five of swords. What I'm seeing here, what's blocking you is communication. So five of swords comes in, a lot of times when there's some miscommunication or we're eating our words or we're not able to get the words out. Yeah, I would say the main block is, is, is opening this up, throat chakra for sure. And being able to connect with people through your words um, in a way that lands right, because sometimes our words can come out and they just fall flat or they're more dagger-like and it's not what you are meaning. Like people are, are receiving it in a more sharp way, if that makes sense. So maybe softening the way you're speaking. I'm almost seeing you like, almost like seducing them. You know what I mean? Like bringing that, like seducing them in this way that's sweet and honey-like versus like, the sharp pingy thing, like you don't have to be right. Like that's one thing too, like almost like make them feel like they're right or like, or turn it a little bit so that they feel like they're in the right or there's a way to maneuver it. It's a very seductive maneuvering um, that you can do and it can work, you know, work for both of you, but it, there's just this, this dance that you kind of have to do. I was just gonna say, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the story or not, but the picture on this card is from a Norse myth that I really like um, about the wolf Fenrir. Um, Fenrir is a really terrifying wolf that grows rapidly from a pup to a giant monster wolf. Um, and the gods are afraid of him, even though he's kind of amongst them. He's one of their own, but they're kind of scared um, of this monster that they feel like he's becoming. So they pull this trick on him where they gradually give him different cords to try and break out of um, to like prove how strong he is. Um, and he can break out of all of them. It's incredibly powerful. And eventually they uh, bring him one that looks really fragile, but is actually enchanted to um, keep him trapped in a cave forever. <laughs> and um, it's this story where uh, Fenrir feels like he's friends with these gods, but they're all afraid of him end up deceiving him um, in a really ugly way. And so I feel like a lot of the times this card has to do with um, not necessarily betrayal, but like what Rachel was saying about that sense of kind of maybe being misunderstood and using your uh, that throat chakra and the, uh, the way that you communicate with other people in a really productive, Rachel used the phrase kind of a seductive way. I think that was really on point. But in case you didn't know about that story, I, I thought it. it might be relevant in some kind of way showing up here. Thank you. And you said Venmir? Uh, Fenrir. Fenrir. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I will look that up again, but all of that that we both said hit, hit really good. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> see who we got, Rebecca. Uh, what can I do to bring in some healing within the next month? Okay. We've got a card for healing for Rebecca. This is the Nine of Wands. So what I'm seeing with this card as far as healing goes, is this going to be about you? Um, I'm just hearing getting help, getting other people to pitch in. Um, maybe a little bit of delegation, but right now what I'm seeing, whenever I get this card is always about like being on the brink of burnout, um, being in a space of being overworked, you know, burning the candle at both ends. So look and see like, where can you maybe give up some, some duties or who you can ask to come in and take some of the, the workload. Um, because you definitely are needing um, some healing this next month. This is just a lot of fire happening. It's a lot of just strenuous, you know, work. So for you, I would I would also just think about like, what helps you, I'm hearing the words cool down, what helps you soften, what helps you um, not get so, I'm just, and the other thing I'm feeling is just like heat, like this heat and maybe temper or anger or any of that stuff that's coming up or resentment. There's energy that's coming up and it's like, how can we 
slow this down? How can we release it? You know, releasing it back into the earth, going out into the ocean, releasing it into the ocean. I know you might have some own, your own practices for just soothing yourself. This kind of always feels like kind of a last leg of a journey type of message to me. So that soothing yourself feels really relevant. It's always like when you're at the very end of something that feels really arduous and heavy that you want to try and power through it, that you want to um, try and be really tough about it. And sometimes it's important, even though you need to stay strong about things, it's important to also like remember to care for yourself and your needs, even though you're reaching a finish line, metaphoric or otherwise. Um, you can't forget to, you know, in that process, you can still take it slowly. You can still pause and take care of yourself. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Eric, because because the nine of, of wands is about, you know, coming close to that end. Like there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it it, it can't keep going forever. So. All right, Carrie, uh, general card. Yes. Let's just pull a card, Carrie, and see what comes through. Carrie is another beautiful tarot creator. Um, she has the Mirakai tarot deck and a crystal, radiant crystal card deck, uh, which is really cool. All right. Ace of Cups. Oh, I love this card because it's just like that blessings card. It's just like a, you know, an over showering of blessings and receiving and just gratitude, just plain old gratitude and just being in the space to receive. And I love that. I feel like these two people are sharing in in this cup and one's giving it to the other. I don't know what your, what the story is behind it. And Eric, you could tell us what the, the story is, but it's just the sharing of gratitude from, from what I'm seeing. I don't think there was really any other story to this particular card. Some of the stories like that six of swords or some of the cards do have specific stories, but this one's just those feelings you described being um, kind of like sharing in a gift of love and affection with other people or maybe even with yourself um mm. with that feeling of of warmth and gratitude yeah for sure all right julie do you want the general card as well yeah you're welcome julie you got the three of pentacles oh this is a beautiful card for you julie this is the card of collaboration and coming together with others and being recognized and people just like honoring you and seeing the gifts that you're giving. And it's just that, that beautifulness. Julie was with me at a new moon circle that we had here in Encinitas, uh, just north of San Diego. And she was playing the bowls for us and her chimes. And it was just a really beautiful presence having Julie with us. So I feel like we're all just kind of looking at you and, and being in gratitude and thanking you for the gifts that you have been sharing with us in our community. So thank you, Julie. All right, Deborah, what did spirit want me to know? Okay. And uh, Jennifer, and I think Becky, I think that's you on iPhone, says thank you. Okay, Debbie. Deborah. Oh, you got the hangman. Okay, so whenever I pull this card, it's always about sort of taking a pause or maybe you're being in limbo at the moment. But I also see this as looking at things from a different perspective, so not acting right away. So if there's a situation that you're in or something's a little bit wonky, we are in, you know, that eclipse season. So I would just take a moment before taking any action and looking at things from a different perspective, looking at it from another person's perspective and just pausing. And Eric, I feel like you have a story behind this one. You do, yeah. <laughs> this, this one's actually, uh, also, um, this drawing is supposed to be of Odin, who um, there's a story about him going through a really horrible process of sacrificing himself um, on the world tree. And he goes, he goes through a lot of suffering to do it, but um, he's kind of revived at the end of the sacrifice with all of this new knowledge and power. Um, so something, the reason I chose that image for this card, aside from the eighth man often just being associated with Odin, um, I feel like oftentimes we get that new perspective um, and that like change in perspective and that change in power that we have available to us. It often comes after a period of sacrifice. We often have to go through a little bit of a hard time or get something up um, in order to reach that point where we understand things more clearly or differently than we did 
before. Thank you. It makes total sense. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Toby. All right, Gina. Uh, will this spring slash summer be a good time for me to be in the financial work realm? Maybe in the business, maybe in the business we have realm. Okay, let's see. Ooh, we've got the seven of cups. So this is options, opportunities for sure. So Gina, you're going to be approached with opportunities. You're going to be approached with different, um, yeah, no know another word for opportunities. You're going to be approached. You're going to get multiple offers, I would say, or multiple ways of doing something or multiple um, options towards you. And whenever I get this card and always like, don't go after the first, you know, bright and shiny thing, like look a little bit deeper, make sure that what's there is really going to do what it's saying they're going to do. And that there's um, substance, right? There's support behind it. Um, it's always about digging deeper. And the sevens, a lot of times are like illusion, smoke and mirrors and that kind of thing. So um, just make sure that you're doing your due diligence in um, in the research of all of it. But there are doors opening for you and there's multiple things or directions that you can go into. Leslie, any guidance relative to manifesting some big changes in any general message? Okay, let's see what we've got for you, Leslie. Big changes in your world. Justice. You got the justice card. So Leslie, for you, it's your, your drive is really going to be about the things that you're passionate about, the things that you believe strongly for. So I would definitely be following your heart, following your gut, following that intuition that brings you, um, you know, into your work. And a lot of this too might just give you like, you might be doing things on a deeper level. Um, really connecting to your core values. So the things that really drive you are, are going to be in that space. So I would say follow that, like just let that guide you um, in these changes that you've got coming. Eric, do you have any other? The uh, core values thing, I feel like I always really, really feel that emphasis from the justice card. Like I feel like this card is always um, guidance to do what is right, what is just, um, really lean into the things that you think are important to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I like that. Thank you both so much. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to hear that you're here, Leslie. I know you're not feeling sure. well and I'm sending you lots of love. And I feel better. This is really great. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Marcy, what might, what might help me recommit to my creative work? The pentacles this is that balance marcy so the balance between you know life and your work life personal life work life um separating the two so that and the thing that i'm seeing here you want to reconnect with your creative work i'm seeing you step away a little bit being really in the moment with like your day-to-day -day, your personal stuff and just be present for that and kind of put away the creative stuff and then set time aside to just fully indulge into the creative space maybe create almost like an experience an experience for you to get into that creative space whatever that looks like i'm just seeing these two different worlds kind of separate and diving into each individually you know kind of what we were talking about with eric when you know having these two separate spaces right like like really separating them out so that you're not intermixing them so that you can be super super excited when you're in the workspace um to get those creative juices flowing and and also creating that environment you know, it could be your actual office space that you work in, like really making it inspiring for you and making it a space that you feel good to be in so that you can um, be there. And also the people that you're working with. That's the other thing too, is making sure that who you're working with, um, I know you're independent. So just making sure that your clients are the people that you want to work with and that you feel inspired to be with um, versus, you know, just taking on people because you feel like you have to. This is not really coming from the two of pentacles but just my input on this as a creative yes. myself um i have often found that when i'm having a hard time connecting to my creative work something that's really good for me is to digest the creative work of other people um to kind of step away from my own work to be really willing to just put it aside for a little bit which is hard to do but to be really willing to just kind of put it 
pop to this site, not worry about it right now, and go to a museum or go to an art festival or something where other people are producing work that um, that I can take in from some source other than myself. Ah, oh, that's so good. Yes, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Absolutely. <laughs> Because sometimes I forget that, right? It's like, oh yeah, I, I could actually be admiring some other people's stuff and yeah. not have to be the one to like produce it all. <laughs> it's very easy to get so just consumed by your work, whether it's creative work or not. But I feel like with creative work, it comes from usually a really personal place. It takes a lot of emotional energy. It takes a lot of like intellectual, <laughs> just like mental stamina to, to produce. Um, but you don't want to be completely separated from art or whatever kind of creative thing you do. Um, so that's why I feel like it's often a good idea to, to look at other people's stuff because then you can be separated from your work for a while and still be like doing this creative thing. It's very healthy for me, at least. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that you shared that. that yeah, that's spot on for sure and Marcy's just like nodding <laughs> and like yes so she gets it she's right there with us <laughs> all right Jeriana um what does the universe want me to know about my job and work all right let's see what we've got Ooh, the devil um what do they want me to know I well okay so the devil card is that card of Capricorn right so that's that card of like being so bound and tied to the work that you're almost become a prisoner to it right so uh, what do they want you to know is that it's okay to untie the binds a little bit it's okay to not be completely consumed by it um and it's also okay to indulge in it a little bit right so it's like if you do want to get super into your work and put in the extra hours and do all the things, just making sure that you're balancing it. I, I feel like there's another theme here with this balance and of then over consuming into, you know, the space of pleasure and, you know, playing with the devil in that way and getting tempted into those spaces, um, you know, versus just, just work. Cause it's not all, you know, all about work. There's, there's, I also see with the devil card is that pleasure space. So giving your, your space for that. A lot of the times when the double card shows up for me when I'm reading for myself, I'll take it as like permission to do things that are maybe not always great for me, but right now I kind of get to enjoy those things. It might also, I when I read for other people, which isn't often, but when I read for other people, I'll kind of tell them to like step back and just objectively try and look at your life. Ask yourself if you are overindulging in things or underindulging because I feel like the double shows up when one of those two things are happening. Is it time to kind of like reel in a little bit and and take things more seriously and back off of these um, like guilty pleasures or is it time to really lean into that and just enjoy yourself and stop worrying too much about what is expected of you or what you're supposed to be doing and do the things that um, just feel good to do. Yeah, the devil card's one of my favorite. Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what am I going to get tempted into today? <laughs> yeah. Thank so you. Good. That that makes sense, though, because I'm trying to take a little bit more time off of work because I usually don't get to when I have my trip coming up in New York soon. So tomorrow I'm going to ask for a little bit more time off. So because I'm only taking one day, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely sounds like under it. <laughs> yeah, so it takes some more time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have a little bit more fun for sure. All right, did we get everybody? I think so. Yeah, she cuts her so welcome. Thanks, Becky and Jamie. Oh, Leslie, all of you guys. Thank you so much. And don't forget to check out Eric's stuff. On, on, of course, all his things will be in the show notes and you guys have his links and stuff. So thank you, Eric, for yeah. indulging in this. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for letting me join and hang out and talk. <laughs> yeah, we love it. We love it. Love it. Well, we can't wait till your Oracle deck comes out and hopefully the fall, and then I'll have to get that deck, and then I'll we'll have to have you come on. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> amazing. And the board game. Yes, Leslie's like, and the board game. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you, guys. Bye.
You have been listening to Bewitching the Home. Special thank you to all my Patreon members. Without you, this show would not be possible. Music composition by Ken Seth Thibodeau. Editing by Marcy Ferry. And special assistance by Blake Ferris. If you like what you're listening to, please hit the subscribe button. And if you want to support us even more, please join me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash bewitching. You can also follow me on Instagram at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Lorraine, L-A-R-R-A-I-N-E, and find out more information about the podcast on the website, bewitchingthehome.com.